Peter, this is huge. This is Weekend at Effie's. It is the start of spring. We are deep in our episode run, and we just finished recording a mini-sode for our Patreon that features a film about a kangaroo boxing and many other things. Shout out to Movie John for putting up this poll, helping us find these free movies, uh, putting us onto some weird old cinema with Elliot Gould. I hope that everyone who listened along with us enjoyed it. Uh, and the new issue of Movie John, I want to jump right into it, has an Effie coloring book page yeah. that it comes with. And it is so cool. And I look like a cowboy. It's brilliant. It's beautiful. Shout out Movie John. MovieJohn.com. Check them out. Check the Patreon. They're doing a lot of cool stuff. And we love cinema. And they love cinema. And WeekendAtEffies.com has more cinema, including uh, my director's cuts of my trips, which are they have now returned. I have another one going up today, another video. So WeekendAtEffies.com if you want to support the podcast, support me and Peter talking, chatting. Peter, I think the sunshine today is leading us to new beginnings. Yes. And I think that we're going to awaken throughout the weekend with excitement. I Before I go to WrestleMania, I'm doing one more show. And Saturday, I'm going to pick up a car uh, so that I will have a vehicle now, which is cool. I haven't in a while since I gave Will my other car and then it broke down on both of us. Uh, but Sunday, I am going to Las Vegas. Uh, we talked about that on the Patreon, too. We talked about Las Vegas a little bit. Shout out Nick Cage. And I'm going to fight Jay Vidal, who is also booked the next week on my brunch in a crazy Fatal 4-Way match. And I just want to clear the air and say that I am not expecting anyone to lay down. But, you know, there are a lot of people to book on a big gay brunch. So, Jay Vidal, you better not, you better not try anything. If he doesn't lose 2023, am I politicking live on the air? I don't know. The last time we wrestled, I don't remember who won. It's probably Jay Vidal. We're going to see what happens this time uh, on Sunday. But I do want to go over, before I get into the last weekend, because I haven't really revealed it to anyone, I do want to reveal parts of my schedule for next week at WrestleMania. Do you want to understand how busy I'm going to be? Okay. I'm going to land Wednesday, and I'm going to get my rental car, which you have to have a rental car in L.A. for this, or I'm going to spend $6,000 on Ubers, and I've already spent $6,000 on other things this week, so I don't have another $6,000 right now. <clears throat> I'm gonna get my rental car and we start that evening at Pandemonium Pro Wrestling and Allie Couch and myself are entering the Pandemonium Rumble as a tag team and we know the risks if one of us is eliminated the other is eliminated as well and that's a bigger risk for her than me because I don't do that I'm the one that loses usually and recently Bussy doesn't lose thank God thank God we don't lose but we are entering this Rumble after that though Thrussy teams up for the first time in that week against Warhorse, The Devil Drexel, and Chase James. We're going to have a trios match that night at Relentless Pro Wrestling. Uh, they are based out of Washington, but they're going to be in L.A., so we're doing a show. Now, Thursday, Peter. Thursday is something that our good friend, you rebel Sam, hooked up, and Sam's going to be helping me out a little bit that week. I'm taking my wife, my road wife, Allie Catch, to Disneyland, and we are going to ride all the rides. We have park hopper passes. We're ready. We want to ride the Incredicoaster. We want to ride Guardians of the Galaxy. We want to ride Star Wars. We want to ride um, Pirates of the Caribbean. All right? There's a lot of other moves, uh, things to, to ride to at Disney, but we know what we got to get to because uh, that night after Disney, we got to do a speed run of this park. I can't tell you where I'm going to be. There are two places I'm going to be. 
can't tell you. They are going to be ridiculous. I'll explain to you after what one of the matches is, and you'll laugh your ass off. Uh, Friday, I'm going to sleep in a little bit, and then I'm going to fight pheromones from DDT. Are you familiar at all with pheromones? You've told me a little bit. They are horny. One's in a thong, one's in a jock strap, and they put people's face in their buttholes. And I think after seeing the reaction this weekend to something we're going to discuss, which is Sexy Eddie's fully naked moonsault against Matt Cardona, uh, a move I have taken before, one of the few, who has taken the naked moonsault, uh, I don't think people are ready because they were like, this is disgusting. This isn't wrestling. And I was like, Sexy Eddie's been doing this for 25 years. Uh, you're just catching on to this. But pheromones next week, if Allie doesn't reel in the boys a little bit, we could go to jail. Just like, uh, who's the who's the comedian whose name I can't think of who was like, what, you're going to arrest me if I say fuck? Oh, here they come. Uh, real gravelly son of a bitch. Was it Lenny Bruce? Yeah, Lenny Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I blanking on Lenny Bruce? I'm the Lenny Bruce of butthole spots in wrestling. Come get me. I'm fighting for fair laws. In the future, when everyone's butts out in wrestling, I'll say, I was Lenny Bruce, but but I, but Sexy Eddie was the real Lenny Bruce. And he brought us joy and comfort. He's taught male strippers how to strip. He's the guy from the Chippendales that teaches the guys the routines and how to keep their... Uh, packages looking supple and inviting wow yeah he's a he's a legend in these parts then after that we have a spring break match i can't tell you what it is you'll probably know by the time this podcast comes out it's gonna fuck the internet up very excited and also joey janela just announced he is fighting kota ibushi at uh spring break and kota ibushi tweeted who is this guy about joey janela which is funny to me because they've been around each other plenty of times uh and Joey quote tweeted it with ask your lover. He was famously in the tag team golden lovers with Kenny Omega and the rumors and innuendo around their relationship outside of the tag world was always with many, many questions. I'm not saying anything. Anybody doesn't know. And I just thought, Oh, the bad boy is still out here being a bad boy. And I will always celebrate that. Uh, after this though, you know, what's coming Saturday morning. I've got Effie's big gay brunch. I've got some announcements still to come. Got some matches still to come. Uh, I think it's one of the most interesting cards we've ever done. I am not going to sit here and try to convince you to watch it, but if you miss it, you're fucking up, pal. Not me. I'm not the one fucking up if I miss this. It's going to be one of the best wrestling shows of all time. If you talk about hits over misses, I'm the best wrestling booker that's ever lived, okay? The amount of people that have skyrocketed to fame, the amount of people who have uh, been traveling foreign and, and sought after after free agents after my booking, come on, don't play games. It's Effie. Effie's the booker of the century. This is what I do. We're going to put on the best show of all time. Then I spoke to you about something that I can't reveal here. And we'll see how tomorrow goes. Because this is one of the craziest, coolest things I've ever been asked to do. Uh, I'm going to go do it. And I'm going to see where I end up Saturday afternoon. Because I could end up going to the big show and seeing it if I'm in the mood. And if the tickets are free and a plenty, if you know what I mean. And then after that, I'm just going to go hang out at uh, Gringo's World of Lucha because I want to see so much Lucha. Last night, Hijo Del Vikingo made his American TV debut against Kenny Omega, and it was so fucking sick. He looked great. The moves were sick. Kenny knows what he's doing. Vikingo knows what he's doing. It's a specific style, obviously, but it's very exciting. Saturday morning, I'm appearing at WrestleCon. Uh, I will give you the exact booth. I mean, Sunday morning. Sunday morning, I'm appearing at WrestleCon. We will have the new bloody purple variant of the Effie Bendy, brand new figure. Then after that, I will be attending a few minutes of the Indy Hall of Fame. Excalibur was just announced to be inducted. 
Uh, and then I will be at the Out in the Ring taping, which is about 10 minutes from WrestleCon. They've rented out a theater. I've never seen this documentary that I've been a part of. I'm very excited. Uh, and we will be doing a Q&A after the screening. Tickets to that are free. They're free to come see a magic moment. We're going to have some legends in town, too. You know, some gay legends. So we're going to try to find a way to honor them even more. Uh, it's a big week ahead, Peter. And recently I thought I was going to also have to go handle some legal business the day before. And I was like, girl, if it doesn't all come at once and thank God I spoke with my representation and we're, we're okay for the moment, but they need to legalize Effie. This is disgusting that I have to bring so much joy to so many people's lives to inspire so many children to inspire the next generation of all of wrestling and not get a little bit of legal ease, a little like, ease of the legalities, if you will. Like, there should just be a law. I'm asking Mr. Joe Biden, I'm asking you, Brandon, please free me and legalize Effie and just say that uh, the new law is as long as Effie's not doing anything real mean to anybody, just leave him alone and let him do what he's doing because I'm like the Johnny Appleseed of spreading the gayness in wrestling and it's it's made a big change in a lot of people's lives and I'm sick of being bound by the laws of this land. Much like Yassim Bey, uh, I think I should have a world passport. I think I should be free to roam. And I don't think I should have to talk to anybody at the Canadian border about anything I'm doing. Okay? That's how I feel. Are you going to have to do something like change your name to uh, FE World Peace or something like that? I think I'm just going to have to legally make it the four letters of FE and that like I live as an entity. Yeah. I'm proven as an entity. The same way they were like corporations are people, uh, FE's a corporation. Just let him break the laws and lobby and do schemes and not pay taxes. That's all I ask. This is It's very little what I'm asking. Uh, but after this weekend, I, I think that Effie uh, got his groove back. You know, I was really feeling all of the wrestling moments of this weekend. It was... An incredible time. We're going to get into it now. Do you know where I was this, this weekend, Peter? Uh, actually, I don't. I went from New York City to Minneapolis, Minnesota, all the way to Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and then back home by Monday morning. Now, I will admit to some embarrassing information when it comes to my return flight home, but we're not going to get into that yet. I'm glad I'm honoring my inner self, but it was really inconvenient at the time. So I get to New Jersey and... At this point, I thought, oh, well, Allie's going to pick me up. This makes sense. And then I run into Mander, I run into Manser and Cole Radrick. They were like, we're at the airport right now, too. And I was like, what? They're like, and Manders is on his way uh, to get us. And I was like, what? So I hit up Allie, and I was like, girl, you don't have to come get me right now at 8 in the morning. Let me just roll with Manders. We'll meet up in a minute. I didn't realize how large New Jersey was. And I thought it was like, oh, if you live in New Jersey, like the, if you got to go to this part. I mean, I guess I kind of knew. But we were not in the part of New Jersey that Allie was in. So I accidentally kind of left my sis on her own for the day. I went out to eat at this diner and I got, do you want to hear the sandwich I got? This is a New Jersey tradition. This is a rare beef hamburger on a potato roll with a slice of fried Taylor ham. You know about Taylor ham? Pork pork roll? It's like Northern bologna. They'll be like, it's not bologna. It's Northern bologna. Fry it up. And then coleslaw and then Swiss cheese melted over it. Holy shit. And I slammed that burger i slammed that cheeseburger and it was so delicious and it was a very new jersey burger to start the day and then i got to go to mander's house which i'd never been to before and 
in a twist of fate, we were out on this barn and the dogs were playing with us and we were having the time of our life. And we said, let's go watch a movie together as brothers. And it's me and Manser and Manders and Cole. And Cole is hell bent on watching Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. And do you know about Walk Hard, the Dewey yeah. Cox story? Manders had never seen it. And now Manders to me is one of my favorite people in the world because there's a pureness to Manders and he had never seen this film. And so every few minutes he goes, this is my impression of Manders watching Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <clears throat> Nuh-uh. He's in this too? <laughs> That's every two minutes. It was like something was being revealed to him that he had never been a part of <laughs> before. So funny. And he was like, how did I not know Amazing. about all this? And by, you know, the middle of the film, he's yelling, <laughs> wrong kid died right with us. Uh, what a brilliant film. It's top 10 American cinema for mm-hmm. me. There's nothing that beats it. I understand that it goes against... Uh, hypocritically my alien aliens rule which is i can't say that aliens is the best film of all time because it's reliant on the existence of alien being close to the best film of all time and i don't like things that have comparison to others but as a pure parody satire of all of the american films made about Mm -hmm. artists and even the ones still being made now it is perfect it was hard for me to watch elvis because of how much dewey cox played into that so extremely well uh, you could see Elvis being like, you could take the babies, but leave my chimpanzee. That's one of the greatest lines of all time. Uh, Manders was also real thrown off by the just soft cock that appears on the screen yeah. for a while while he's on the phone with his mom. Uh, but it was a good time for all. We then fell asleep and we woke up and it was time to go to New York City. Me and the cowboy uh, were going to New York City. We rode into town. It was at Melrose Ballroom, one of the craziest cars GCW's done in a while. Beyond there just being a new champion in Masha Slamovich, who defeated Nick Gage via chokeout, which was one of the... I was in the room for that, and it was crazy. I also filmed a match at this show for Speedball Mike Bailey, and it was so hot in the Melrose Ballroom that his GoPro overheated. I got 20 minutes of this match filmed, missed the last two minutes. If you watch the Speedball vlog... You're going to get my commentary for the first part of it. And then I was so entranced by the match that it was just magical. Uh, And I was also standing next to Jordan Oliver's mother and sister who were watching. And I was kind of explaining. They were fighting Kushida and Shelly, the time splitters, who had a great legendary New Japan run. And uh, I was explaining to his mom and sister, like, what the caliber and importance of this match was and, like, storyline, kind of what was going on. And they were really pumped on it. And you can hear this on Speedball's vlog as he shows parts of this match. Um, But our match, our match was something that is sometimes you're giving your assignment and you go, okay, I'm pumped. I can handle this assignment. But boy, this is an assignment. Here's our assignment. Eight to ten minutes for a two on two on two on two four-way tag team match. Eight eight to ten minutes. Now, you think about You divide that by people. You want to... Be a little greedy, but you want to be a little not greedy. You want to make sure everybody kind of fills their roles. Girl, we knocked that thing out, and it was crazy, and they were tweeting about it in eight and a half minutes because we are not greedy. Everybody hit their spots, and you know what the finale was? Bussy does not lose. Bussy did not lose. It was magic. Usually, after a New York City show, and I had so much fun. We saw everybody. We took pictures with everybody. It was magic. But usually, I have a very early flight. Now, in this particular instance... We were flying to Minnesota at 2 p.m. the next day. It's crazy that we were flying to Minnesota at all because we had to be in Toronto 
the day after for GCW, and I had no dates announced for this. But I got to tell you guys, Eric Cannon reached out to me, and he said, look, the show's sold out. Let's not announce you at all. Let's keep you a surprise, and let's really trick them. Now, there's layers to this tricking. And before we get to the trickery, which is fun trickery, it's good trickery, I've got to go back because with the 2 p.m. flight, I said, we've got some time on our hands. Cole Radrick says, hey, I'm going to go to this no-ring deathmatch show, and I'm wrestling on it. And I was like, yeah? And he was like, you should come. Uh, It's going to be a good time. So I said, Allie, let's just go. Let's hang out. Ended up, everybody kind of rolled over from the GCW show, even the bad boy Joey Janela and Jordan Oliver as as such and the like. And we watched some no-ring deathmatch in Brooklyn in the middle of the night. We were out there till about 3 a.m. Allie ended up buying me... uh, a chicken plate, a Mexican dish chicken plate with rice and beans. I ate it. I slept on her couch. We woke up at noon. We went to the airport. Now, were we almost late for our flight? Yeah. But did we make it just in time? We did. We made it just in time. We got on this plane and we took our ass to Minnesota. I slept the whole way until we were about to land. And I looked out the window, Peter, and all I could think was, I've really got to start checking the weather of where I'm going because it was literally the whole state was covered in snow. Damn. New York City was a little colder than I expected, but it wasn't enough to like jar me and I had a hoodie on. But Minneapolis, I looked, I wake up and I open that little window and I go, oh, fuck. This is, I have not prepared for this at all or correctly. We land and it's 445. So what do we do? We go straight to the venue. Now, this is where I talk about uh, my sacrifice, Okay. I wanted to truly be a mystery, a surprise. And I looked at the way we were booking it. And I said, well, wait, I'm not even teaming up with Allie tonight. It's not like I thought I was going to be saving Allie and we were going to have a big tag match. I said, no. So by the time Allie comes out, they still have no clue. And then they're going, oh, well, if Effie was going to come, he probably was going to come with Allie. No, no, no. But I was told, please stay out of sight. Stay downstairs. Try not to look like Effie. And I said, but I'm hungry. He said, well, if you change, you can go get some food. So I went, I changed into black. I was wearing like pink pants and a pink hoodie. They were like, they're going to know that's you. Yeah. Uh, So I changed and I got, and I put on a little mask and I got covered up and I went and had a sandwich. And when we got back, uh, Brian Keith was there and me and Brian Keith have a lot of, So you got away with it. I got away with it. Okay. But me and Brian Keith, you know, one of our favorite activities is smoking legal substances and he said, come outside with me and smoke. And Eric goes, no, 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 no. Au contraire. You can't, you can't do this right now. We're so close to the goal and they have no idea. And I was like, you know what? Sacrifice for the team. I'm going to stay down here in the locker room. Didn't go out to smoke. Stayed in the locker room. Uh, but here's where I fucked up. And I'm really, Eric Cannon at one point before the show was like, hey, Ali, sign these posters. But I just take any direction given to me. So I started signing all these posters. And he was like, what, the, what are you doing? And I was like, he said, sign the posters. So I said, Ali, sign the posters. You are supposed to be a mystery. And he said, well, you signed them pretty sloppy. So maybe they won't notice. And I was like, I just, I can't help myself from trying to give away the surprise. Uh, turns out, there was a blatant attack on Devon Monroe. And thank God I was there. Because me and Devon Monroe ended up tag teaming against heavy metal lore who's actually beaten me before at time bomb and eric cannon who we've got a strange record against each other and we bleed too much and i hit him in the head with a baking sheet we bled out christopher daniels wasn't that happy because he had to go on next and we had bled everywhere which was not my intent but also welcome to the indies bitch uh (laughs) that's not nice but i don't care 
we won the match, and it crescendoed with me and Devon Monroe putting their asses in our face in the corner in a beautiful tribute to uh, queer identity. And then we hit our finishers, and we won, and it was magic. Now, what did we do after? Not much, because we went back to the hotel. We had a very early flight to get to Toronto, Canada. You notice how I said that? Toronto? Toronto. When you get there, you're like, oh, yeah, we're in Toronto. <sighs> Toronto. Tro- yeah, 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 I love Toronto. We thought Drake would be there because he's from Trump, but he didn't end up coming to the show. Uh, we he made did, our flight. He just got cleared for not killing XXX Tentacion. So I'm sure he's off celebrating right now. 21, could you do something for me? Well, what do you need? I just need your help. I just wanted your help. Do you can come over and hang out? That's my Drake impression. I looked up his chart the other day. Yeah. He's. One, it's just as like not as tough as you want to be, and also not as like sexually uh, inept as he would like all of us to believe. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, well, good for you, Drake. Live your fantasies. Um, yeah, we're all proud of you. We all remember Degrassi, though. We all do, and we're and we're glad that you, I mean you're tougher than you were in Degrassi, but not by much. Actually, uh, no, I think it's wrong. I think the writing was better for his character in Degrassi to being tough. And putting up with shit than Drake. I, I mean, feel he, like Drake would cower he if got you were shot. That's what put him in the wheelchair, yeah. right? But the real Drake, yeah. So actually, let's back this up. Your Degrassi character was much tougher than you could ever be. That doesn't mean I'm going to turn down being on a Drake track, but I don't think I'm going to be asked. What about a reboot of Degrassi? Does he have to return? No, you are. You are. In I'd the have rebooted. to play the teachers at this point. I'm. I'm. I'm moving into that uh, acting realm. I think I would play. Uh, the kind music teacher who uh, accidentally falls into a Ponzi scheme yeah. and doesn't want to reveal to his kids how deep in the hole he he fucked up, and then he gets killed without ever revealing all the dark secrets. I like the Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, let's have a bunch of forty five year olds play high schoolers. Yeah, it's perfect. The the prequel of them being older than when the original yeah. was. It's cool. Incredible. Uh, uh, Orange Cassidy and Paul Rudd recently found out about each other, and I want to say that uh, Orange Cassidy gave the expected response. He was he had face paint on last night because he was teaming with Sting, and, and the face paint he did was just two circles on his cheek, like not even a partial clown. She's like, "All right, I think this is it." <laughs> just the soft thumbs. Wow, he's one of the most legendary wrestlers that has ever lived. Um, we woke up too late. Me and Allie were sharing a room. I've been to this hotel many times. Their shuttle, if you don't like staying on them, you know, it's, it can be problematic. But I slept through two alarms, Peter. And I woke up, and I need you to understand this. It was 7.02, and our international flight to Toronto took off at 8 a.m. And I said, no, I think we're fine. And we get there, and the woman goes... Y'all are not fine. And I was like, well, here we go. We got in the clear line. It was very long. We made it through. Guess who got on their plane to Toronto? Well, it was us, but I was already flying too close to the sun here. Uh, we landed. We met up with uh, Gringo Loco, which in French, you want to know the French? Le Fou Blanc. That's the crazy white. Gringo Loco. Wow. I love it. Uh, and I said, you know, your name here is Le Fou Blanc. And he was like, what? Uh, and shout out Gringo Loco. We hung out. Uh, and went to this, we rode into town, obviously, and put our stuff down and walked over to this coffee shop and they had garden decorative large stone spheres. And I need to send him the video that Ali sent me 
we all did the caveman hungabunga I'm a jock move of let's try to pick up these giant spheres. Yeah. None of us were capable. None of us were capable. Uh, coffee shop guy hooked us up with some flat whites. I like that Canadians and Australians have the same ideas about flat whites being a premium drink. I don't even know exactly. I think it's just milk and espresso, like steam milk and espresso. It's delicious, Peter. Uh, the show, though. Now, both Allie didn't lose, but Allie didn't win the night before. But I did win with Devon Monroe. So I'm on 2-0 and for the weekend. And I'm looking at what we have ahead of us. And I'm going, oh, shit, this match is going to be crazy. Now, the venue we were in in Toronto was the built-in 1909 Toronto Opera House. It is beautiful. It is so old. The ceilings are very short. What I'm getting at is there was not a lot of space in the locker room for us. And there were nine people in our match. This is a three on three on three trios triple threat. So you have Los Macizos teaming up with, they were, this is Los Macizos calling him this. They were calling him Jaime Lopez instead of Jimmy Lloyd. So Miedo and Ciclope were like, yeah, Jaime, Jaime Lopez, Jaime Lopez. That's his Macizos name. And Jimmy's just like, yeah. They usually call him Jimbo, but I liked that he he wore the full vest. He wore the full bandana. He was He's worn the, the headphones before, and I've actually faced them as a trios with Dark Sheik. But tonight, our partner in Bussy was Sawyer Wreck. And Sawyer Wreck is like seven feet tall and gigantic and chokeslams people. And so I was like, okay, well, this is a good sign for our future here. Uh, but the third team was the Green Phantom, famous entity of the Canadian wastelands, and also Tabernacle Team, two of the toughest lumberjack bros that have ever fought me. And you know how I am around lumberjack bros. It's like, not only are they strong, but I am weak, you know? What a, what a way to put it, right? We get into this match, things get a little crazy. At one point, you know, I'm getting thrown around a lot. At another point, I showed you earlier, I got destroyed through a table that almost went up my butt crack because of the way it was positioned. It did not go up my butt crack, though. My butt crack is safe and sacred. But at the end, we did it. We schemed, we planned, we plotted, we put Cyclope through a table, and we pinned his ass. It was awesome. Bussy was now 3-0 and for the weekend. I wish I could have stayed in Toronto. I saw a lot of people in Toronto that I had not seen in a long time or were seeing for the first time. I did interviews. I did press. I was comfortable being effy. We were talking about Big Gay Brunch. We got a lot going on. It would be easy for me to climb into my shell right now with as much as going on in my life. But you know what? I'm finding the joy and pleasure of participating at this high level in this craft to be rewarding, uh, not in a way that fills the other places, but in a way that is, you know, it's different and it's good and it's undeniable and it's fun. And the amount of people who were coming up to me going, we came to see Bussy. We, we bought tickets to see Bussy. It is, there's no way to not have a smile on your face while that's happening. Now, Alley Catch was running the tables this weekend. It, we're, it's my favorite thing that she does. And I got to tell you guys, I'm going to keep letting her be a little bit mean to everybody because it worked out in my favor. It was so much fun. Y'all like it, though. These men come up and they like when she's a little bit feisty to them. And I like it, too. It made me nervous at first, but then I said, okay, this is kind of fun. This is kind of feisty. And she gets the pictures taken a lot quicker than me. I can't help it. I just keep talking. She'll go, shut up. She'll say that to me. I kind of like it. I'll be talking about something random, and she goes, shut up. Look at the line. 
And I was like, oh my God, she's right. It's my own weakness that is holding me back. I need to trust my sister to be the bad cop. And it's not even bad cop. It's just like adorable cop. Because she's like, mm, can you not? And you're like, oh, but okay. <laughs> All right, I will. I'll gather this up. We ended up back in the car with Manders. And it was uh, me, Manders, Manser, Gringo Loco this time, and Cole Radrick. We were all in the car together. And I can't imagine the poor Canadian Border Patrol because I was flying out of Buffalo. We had to go through uh, the border. And Manders is very good at going through the border. I, not as much. But we got away with it. I just shut up. We went through the border. We ate food. We got to Buffalo. And at that point, it was time to go to bed. You know, we, we, you can't sleep that long. There's not a lot of time to sleep because my flight was at 5 a.m. So it's like 2 a.m. We got like a little in-between laydown time. 5 a.m. flight. We get to the airport right as it's opening. Everybody makes it to their flight, me and uh, Manser and Cole. And I land in D.C. And I'm like, all right, sick. I've got plenty of time. i got an hour. I'm going to go sit in front of the gate so I don't miss it. And Peter, if I tell you, I woke up as my plane was pulling off of the gate that I was supposed to get on, and I was like, this is horrible and embarrassing. So I've, I've also been trying not to sell for things that would stress me out normally. So I said, you know what? No, I'm just going to walk up to the counter. I'm going to tell them I'm an idiot, see what they can do. And I did, and I was honest. And she goes, there's an 11 a.m. And I said, perfect. It's only another two hours to wait in DCA. DC is a crazy airport. It is So many young people, but so many old people. People are dressed up in there, I feel like. It has these beautiful atriums that let the sun in where you can see out into everything. Uh, But I didn't want to be there that long, and I was there a while. I landed at 7. I didn't take off till 11. It's a long time a little bit to be in the DCA, if you will. But I finally, finally got home at like 3.30 p.m., which gave me just enough time to figure out my stream. And then I streamed that night, and then uh, here we are. We're back. We're in it. It's already Thursday. I've been trying to get my life together, Peter. It's not easy. You know, we're in a very tumultuous time. Yeah. And we're going to keep pushing through because through great challenge, this knife forges stronger. I even think about where I was at the beginning of the pandemic and I thought I was uh, an accomplished and, and, and correct wrestler. And now I am finding the joys in finding new ways to sharpen the knife and new ways to make things happen. I just want to shout out Speedball Mike Bailey again. He had a crazy title match against Masha Slamovich. I filmed his tag match, which was incredible, Friday. And then uh, I just want to say, and I'm sure Gringo Loco would say the same, Gringo Loco's World on Lucha is going to be so sick. There's Look at the card. It's incredible. But he walks into the venue with us, and immediately Speedball grabs him. And it's not even like, hello. It's, hey, can I talk to you and Jack Cartwheel? They had a match that night. And through the most beautiful gym teacher coaching and lifting up and, okay, well, let's separate a minute. We'll try it again. They pulled off one of the craziest stunts I've ever seen in my life where Jack Cartwheel does a full Sasuke-style tumbling routine, then jumps up backwards onto Gringo Loco on the apron. Gringo Loco then catches him, spins him, and power bombs him onto the apron and That move wouldn't have happened if Speedball didn't step in and go, I know you guys can do the craziest thing I've ever seen because they fucking did it. And it's not like that was uh, the first crazy thing I'd seen Gringo Loco do that weekend. Friday night against Bandito, my new homie Bandito, I love him so much. He was wearing the biggest hoodie I've ever seen. And I said, this hoodie is awesome. And he said, they told me it was going to be freezing. (laughs) But they did this top rope fully top rope avalanche reverse angle slam where he just gets like slammed on his face from 10 feet in the air. It was... 
what a what a time. I'm just I'm honored to be around such talented performers. It's so cool to see people who we're not we're not looking at each other with eyes of jealousy. We're looking at each other with eyes of possibility because we know if things can be cooler, we should help each other make things cooler. Even the naked moonsault. I saw Eddie and Perch trying to get it set up and figure out what they were going to do. And I said, dude, don't dance around this. Just put a, have Perch get you a chair, put on gloves and then lift your ass up. So you have the chair to get up there. And he was like, all right, maybe. And then they went out there and it was actually the spot that it ended up being. Uh, God bless sexy Eddie. He is, a mystery. God bless Lufisto. Lufisto versus Rina Yamashita was crazy for the ultra violent championship. There's just so much good wrestling that happened this weekend and so much good wrestling all around and entering into WrestleMania week. I feel very confident in my peers that we're going to put on just fantastic show after fantastic show. No matter what you're choosing or where you end up, I think you're going to see great wrestling and it feels like everybody's, uh, we're on the, we're on the road to that next level and nobody feels controlled by any entities on how we express our art. If that makes sense. Beautiful. You want to do questions? Let's do questions. I'm going to pee first because I have to pee. Good girl. She's hopping. Bunny rabbit season. It is bunny rabbit season. Oh, I saw a bunny. Did you? I, we saw a bunny. We were. I was outside the hotel and it was 16 degrees and we were hiding in a car to smoke a little adult cigarette with some people in Minneapolis. I won't name who. I don't want to. I don't want to out anybody. Uh, and this bunny just hopped along in the snow, and I felt such a peaceful, calm beauty. And I tried to film it. It will be on the video a little bit, but it was the video is not magnificent. The bunny itself was magnificent. It was beautiful. Peter, we're going into questions. Questions are coming from our Patreon, weekendateffies.com. I hope you're enjoying the content you're getting. I will work harder on getting a, a recommendations list of things I'm watching or seeing or listening to. Uh, but mostly I've been listening to long form crime podcasts because when I get on a plane, it's the easiest lullaby that puts me to sleep. It's just, uh, someone talking about an unsolved 38 year old murder, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'm right to bed. I finished the, uh, Miscavige podcast series. He's a rowdy little fuck. Where do you think he is really right now? I'm somewhere with lots of water. I think he's off the coast of like Indonesia. Yeah. I have a feeling. Yeah. I think he can get to neutral territory easily that way if he's tracked down. It did make me have more empathy for Tom Cruise, which, you know, has been my pet project over the past little I bit. know. I know. But here's the thing. Here's what you can look forward to. When Tom Cruise finally denounces Scientology and people will have trouble forgiving him, but it'll be a time from now. And it's the cru- it's the new cruise assance. You're like, oh, but he hasn't left. He will leave. It'll be for a little while, and then when he he'll come back, and he'll be like a real. He'll have shown age in a way that we don't understand, and then we'll just keep giving him Oscars. I'm still calling for the Pauly Shoresance. Now, I think that he's he's the next to be redeemed, and I would watch anything Pauly Shore does in the year 2023 and beyond. Shit. Okay. Well, what other reclamation project would you like to see done? Um. I would like to see, uh, uh, God, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about who's not too controversial. I mean, Elizabeth Shue, we talked about that on the, on the Patreon episode, more Elizabeth Shue all the time, but I feel like that's a common answer. And I think she has her own life now and she's, you know, past it. (coughs) We're not all motivated by, uh, being well-known. And once you know the pitfalls of being well-known, it's it's tough sometimes to want to go back into that sort of lifestyle. But I think it would be different now. I think there's a little difference in the way 
Maybe not. Maybe celebrities are all just having to deal with a lot of shit. But maybe that's what you get. Who has all the money? God. Well, God, I thought God didn't believe in money. I thought God believed in gold stars and uh, the panopticon, the thought panopticon. The real currency that God has is that we believe he's there. Okay? That's the only currency we can discuss. He's always watching. Damn. He's always watching. I, t- I started telling people it's just a uh, philosophy podcast. That's all it is. It's just dressed up. You know? What am, what am I but Shakespearean if not dressed up in the world to fit so that you don't notice as much of the inconsistencies that I'm not actually a wrestler at all? Did a lot of moves this weekend, though. A lot of great moves. Played with Darren Corbin's nipples a little bit. I just keep running over you on this, but I do want to. I want to know what these questions are going to be like. Okay, first question from Brian. In the past, Effie has said you should only bring your kids to big gay brunch if you think there should be kink at Pride. I'd love to hear your experiences with kink. What kinks are you into, and what ones are a hard pass? Can wrestling be a kink? Yes, wrestling can definitely be a kink. You should see some of my DMs. Um, people want you to fight them in the hotel room, and I'm fine with it. I'm fine with all sorts of sexual expression. I just like when I say these sort of things, like, hey, yeah, you can bring your kids if they're fine with kink at Pride. It's like there does seem to be this overt, we must protect the children from things. When really, like, if a kid saw someone in a leather bondage gear suit or a pup suit or was wearing something more scandalous, they don't they don't care and they're not that confused by it. And I think that when you allow your children to go out into the world and sort of make their own decisions, this is the thing that scares uh, Republicans and conservatives the most because when you're given a little bit of freedom, I'm not saying you don't parent your children and you explain things to them in the ways that they can understand and you're not putting them, you're not taking your, your son to the strip club, but it's sort of the idea of like, I think, I think kids are able to understand and ask things on their own and they're not probably noticing any of the things you're noticing. You know, when you're a weird mom who has to wear a long dress because the husband is telling you that's what God wants you to do, you're looking for things to be you know, offended by because everything is shorter than your long dress. And so I think, you know, kids need to see the big gay brunch, but I'm not going to act like it's a show where we're just like smiling and holding our little hands and going, look, it's okay. If we're, we're normal like everyone. I don't want to be normal like everyone. I want to be lewd and gay and wild and violent and bloody and make references to condoms and silly things that who gives a fuck if your kids, uh, you know, see it or not. I don't fucking care. It's not my determination as a custodian of art to figure out who my art is for before I release it into the world. That's a form of censorship of self. And that's where art goes to die. So bring your kids, let them look, let them ask questions. I'm sure they're not even going to notice anything weird, but but you know what? Paro's going to come out probably with some pups. And if they have questions about pup masks, you just explain that some people want to live in a more feral, subservient way to a large, muscled-up oil man, and we don't judge them for that because it's their own volition that sends them to that path. Can I get a puppy dog mask? Probably not like that one, but we can get you a puppy dog mask. You want to be a dog for Halloween? Guess what? $9.99 on Amazon. Get him a puppy dog mask. He'll love it. He'll go around telling people he's a pup. Someone will be offended. He won't care. He's not thinking like that. I just saw a picture of myself from elementary school, Peter, in one of the weirdest things ever. I want to first say, too, that like getting to go to Prides in my earlier queer years, you get to find out about things that you didn't know you were into, you know? Like, 
would I let a butch woman carry me around on a leash and give me directions? Yeah, I would. Does that make me any less gay? No, it means that it's a wild speculative board that we're all trying to figure out together. And it's more fun and punk rock for me to just be like, oh, don't say gay. It's all fucking gay. We have to be punk rock about this. And we have to be especially punk rock right now. And I say this as someone who is not trans, but puts trans people in a position because they are very good at their jobs and not because they are trans. It is a time where we need to protect and stand up and be loud as fuck about trans issues. I saw Jim the other day. They were saying, why do I have to be the one that always is the loudest? We have to be loud. I don't want to speak over a trans person. I don't want to speak over their experience. But I want to say that if you speak negatively about my friends, we're going to fuck you up. And we need that spirit of Big Gay Brunch as well, which is we are here to celebrate. And if you have issue with that, we're not going to ignore you. We're not going to validate your opinions. We're going to fuck your life up and burn your car. That's where we're at. I got fired up, Peter. Hell yeah. We should be fired up, these fucking assholes. Fascism will creep in unless you put up strong walls. Stop acting like it's not affecting you. It is all going to affect you. They will negate any laws that are not built into their fucking bullshit handmaiden's tale because they're too scared to tell their ugly wife they like shit up their ass, okay? It's exhausting to know that at the core of this, it's human ineptity to handle emotional uh, self-containment that is that is the basis of all of this. Nobody is affecting your life. If you want to go be boring and be Mike Pence, be Mike Pence. I hope Florida releases all the grinder lists of the Republicans. Yeah. I've been waiting for years. Whoever paid off all the DC rent boys to not talk about Lady G, go fuck yourself. You are you are the antithesis of what the gay community should be. Money is not the ruler of everything. Let people know that Lindsey Graham is a fucking closeted homosexual who fights against our rights. I don't care anymore. I have no sympathy for any of these people who are using power to legally suppress our existence while existing as us. Fucking piece of shit. Sorry, Peter. I'm on one today. I've had a lot of expression I need to get out, and it's good that we get to share it amongst like minds. And I don't just want to share it amongst like minds. I want to go back to when the original Big Gay Brunch was happening, and I said that if you want to be homophobic, I'll kill you in the streets. I will spill your blood. And they said, Effie, you're just a character. Nothing you say is true legally. Well, good, because I'm going to kill him in the streets with blood. You know who else they just found out it's a character? Who? Uh, Andrew Tate. Yeah, look at that fucking loser who's on sex trafficking charges, which I think people hear sex trafficking and they think he's like locking a girl in the van and doing this. He is coercing and and using financial means to isolate women to make them stuck in positions where they are forced into doing things for him and his brother, even if they are financially compensated that they are not agreeing to and they should rot in fucking prison. Stop coercing people to have sex with you. You know what's cool? Having consensual sex with people who want to be there. You fucking loser. You want to talk about being a top G? You're a fucking scum sucker. Look at him. Ugh. I have to pay women to want to be around me? That's disgusting. I'm just tired of the misogyny. I'm tired of the transphobia. I'm tired of being polite about it. I'm tired of my uh, my family, my trans family around the world having to deal with this shit and being worried. It's sickening. And I think we're just going to have to... Maybe I'll have to Johnny Appleseed a little further. Johnny Appleseed, he had some things figured out, but I think he was also a little shitty. I want to be a non-shitty Johnny Appleseed, but instead of planting apples, I'm going to plant my fucking fist in your Nazi skull, you dumb bitch. Are we going to get censored? No. Good. This is from Julie. 
With your unusual schedule, do you ever get FOMO about things you'd like to do but don't have time for? All the time. All the time. Like, it it does not fail to make me sad when I look over a list of events in Atlanta and all the best ones are on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Thursday yeah. when I'm gone. It sucks to have to miss stuff. I was sad I missed you know certain concerts this year or certain events this year. But also, I think often that I wouldn't trade where I'm at for anything else and that the right things would be where they need to be. I think I've tried to remind myself constantly that you know this small portion of my day that will be later in the evening that may be taking over other things I want to do is what is paying for my house and is paying for my dogs and is paying for my life. But also uh, I think that it's, I take, I, I perceive stage shows and events and concerts and nightlife a little differently than I would have before. So I don't worry as much about the miss out because you know, if people ask me like, I missed you here, I'd be like, yeah, we're going to do another fucking tour and we're going to be back. We'll be back in a couple months. Just hang tight. So it's that too of like, if not now, then I will find a way to see what I need to see. And just, you know, having to turn down weddings. Like I've never opened a wedding invitation with the intention of going. Yeah. It's always been like, that's so nice. Yeah, Better tell them I'm not going, you know, don't stop weddings, doing your weddings on the weekend. Weddings suck. You're though. surprised that well, you know, you have a you have a little bit of a confirmation bias against weddings that yeah, I feel like probably. is fair. How many weddings do you think you've actually been to, Peter? Um, at least five hundred. Yeah. That's yeah. too many weddings, yeah. Peter. I've been to like eight weddings. I've been to one friend's wedding. Wow. Okay. So the one in five hundred of actual I don't know. I think it's fun. I think it's nice when people throw a party, but I also think like both sides are stressed out about events like that, like going to someone's wedding and someone throwing a wedding to where like, I don't see the, I don't see the net positive yeah. of, of making it such a public affair and expensive affair. Uh, We're missing uh Caroline Polachek for the GCW show. Oh my God. She's the same night in, in center stage. Uh, she'll, she's at the Eastern. Y'all oh. are at, we're at center stage. Love you, Caroline Polachek. I was listening to that on the plane this weekend and just vibing. The Dido song, though? Um, oh, my God. Anybody who's down with Dido is 100% on board with yeah. me. Dido had some just crushing feelings that we didn't understand at the time. But I think reassessing Dido in a 2023 world, bitch was always right. Yeah. Always. Yep. And you know what? I will go down with this ship, too. And that's that's just a moment that I'm going to have to live with Dido forever. Okay? And fuck Eminem. Loser ass. Freak of... You know, if I thought I was that cool... I probably wouldn't have gotten that much fucking Botox and just covered it up yeah. all the time. That's the shiniest, weirdest looking yeah. doll man. Yeah. And is you know, he, like does he Imagine real... a forty five year old walking up to you on the street and being like, I talk like this and I do a little rap and I have a little fun and I make a little laugh. You'd be like, Please, do you want money or something? But we have allowed this to contain there's there's a shelf life on Has this. Has he ever dated anyone? No. Never, right? No, he's just like a weird little incel who's mad and who doesn't want me to remember how many F slurs he dropped. He does have like a lot. It says he has three children. Yeah, but you know, so did Michael Jackson. Oh, he's he married the same woman for one year and then married her again for another year. Yeah, well, she's, the, you know, what was the woman with Michael Jackson? The Debbie, Debbie who was holding all the children? I don't know. I'm not getting too deep into this. I don't, I don't want to talk about either of them, truly. Because I think Eminem's a loser. I didn't even think he was good in 8 Mile. You know who was good? Mackay Pfeiffer. Everybody else sit down. Eminem. Next Talking question. about you know what. <laughs> okay, it's from Sarah. Okay. Effie, I've been traveling this week, and I'm wondering what your favorite airports are. 
My favorite is MSP and also one of my favorite tag teams. I was in MSP this weekend, and I love the Main State Posse, the vibe uh, as well. I have an MSP. You saw my button. You complimented my button immediately. It's the MSP airport button that they give away at the station that says, hello, spring break. I always visit the information centers and stands at all these airports because sometimes they give away cute little free buttons and stuff. Sometimes I just want to see, like, what is this town focused on? What do they think their best things are? Because an airport is trying to sell you on its location before you get out into the location. This one's going to sound strange. I really like the Cleveland airport. Very easy, not busy, good food, flat, close, nice. Uh, The Buffalo airport, pretty cute. And I kept imagining, uh, oh my gosh, you know, Andy from Every Time I Die goes to this airport because he's a Buffalo boy. And that made me excited. It's a small little quaint airport. Not too much food, but they did have rocking chairs. Uh, Charlotte Airport, I've spent too much time in to like anymore. Although Ricky Morton says it's the best sushi in the world, right out of the ocean. Um, Tampa Airport is too, it's too uh, Scientology looking for me to really admire how beautiful the building itself is. Like, I feel like there's some underground sensations. The Denver airport is haunting. I always enjoy going there. It doesn't make no motherfucking sense. Uh, I prefer the Oakland airport over the San Francisco airport. San Diego airport's beautiful. I don't like LAX even one bit, even a tiny bit, except for the part where I get to see some celebrities rolling in sometimes. Uh, Phoenix Airport, kind of a nightmare, but pretty fun. I've seen some fun things there. Vegas Airport, proof that sin is still out there and can't be quelled. You can just buy liquor and cigarettes and smoke in there and play gambling and get drunk. That's what people do at the Vegas Airport. It's fun. Uh, I like a lot of airports. I don't like a lot of Texas airports, except for the bathroom stalls that are larger. Um, What was the airport I was in? Oh, I was in Houston, and Houston has those big bathroom stalls before I flew to New Zealand, so that was kind of cute. Austin Airport's fine, but there's too many hipsters in the morning at TSA. Uh, What am I missing? Tallahassee Airport I've flown out of a few times. I've flown out of a lot of airports. Nashville's fine. Nashville's a fine airport. Chicago has uh, Midway, which is very quaint and polite, but near nothing, and has Southwest. But the O'Hare is the one everybody's always stuck in, and it's not fun. O'Hare is not fun at all. Uh, Seattle Airport's cool. The Canadian airports are beautiful, but they are weird. I've been to the Vancouver Airport, the Winnipeg Airport, the Montreal airport, the Toronto airport. I've done the Boston airport a lot of times. I've done some overseas flights from Boston. I've done the London airport, obviously London Heathrow, one of the busiest in the world, which is beautiful. Uh, the Melbourne and Adelaide airports have great food. I've been to a lot of fucking airports, Peter. And as I'm saying it out loud, it's like I could tell you about wherever I was. And I will say the weirdest thing about continually returning to airports and sometimes I'm real delusional. It's early when I'm at the airport, then I'll return to them in a different state. And I'm sort of like, Whoa, things flash back when you're in these airports that you don't even remember. You go, that happened here. I, and there are memories that float back that you thought had maybe taken place in other places, but they have not. So I I want to continue searching airports and I'm going to give you, here's the number one airport tip. All right. And this will save you every time. I've probably said it on the show. Look up at the signs and keep walking forward. You'll get anywhere you need. Look up at the signs, keep walking forward. Don't stop. Don't get confused. And when all else fails, ask dumb questions. I love the amount of wrestlers that have resorted to, it's okay to be dumb. I will ask anybody I see who looks like they're supposed to be there, what the fuck's going on if I'm confused? I will never hold back from asking questions. It has saved my life. It's why I will eventually win the amazing race. With who? We don't know yet. We're considering partners, and maybe the partners are considering me. Uh, but we we are willing to be dumb. I used to be smart. You remember what that was like? 
Huh? Is that a question? What did I say? (laughs) (laughs) I'm having fun, Peter. We're riffing. We're riffing. It's weekend at Effie's. We do whatever we fucking want here. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We've got more questions. This question's from Elmo. Why did my parents leave? One last question. This is good. Oh, this is good. This is definitely for Peter. From Brian. Thank you for supporting the Patreon, Brian. What is your favorite form of divination? And if it's tarot, what tarot decks are you using, Peter? Let's get into it. Uh, Movie sign billboards. The now playing at movie theaters. What? My favorite oracle. That's your favorite oracle. Do you want to explain further? Do you want us to figure this out? It's... If you want to take the pulse of where we're at in the culture, the type movie titles will always give you something. There's so when you're opening up what is now playing, it's kind of letting playing. us know where so the So like when you is. drive by a theater and it has all the movies listed out, you'll oftentimes find that it's like, oh, it's all two word titles or it's like when it was everything everywhere all yeah. at once but then the nick cage movie the yeah um unbearable <laughs> wait so it was like fucking sentences, sentences all one weekend and then like one word another time all right well i think this actually is very telling i'm gonna read just the top ones right now we've got cocaine bear shazam creed scream 65 and john wick chapter four opening this friday everything seems to be kind of an expression i mean shazam scream cocaine yeah. cocaine creed yeah i don't know they yelled 65 that's the air that's the age that our retirement is at in america and the french people have determined that 62 far too old they're on a full strike right now and what's his name uh macron mm-hmm. Mar- marconi what is his macron you better get macron. with it motherfucker because we're not bowing down when Americans figure out how to strike, we're going to be unstoppable, but yeah. we can't figure it out. No. We are bad at striking. The Starbucks strike seems to be going well. It does. I will not be drinking Starbucks until unionization efforts are met. Um, I actually, I there's someone that comes into the store regularly that is uh, on that front. Okay. I love that. Shout out. I retweeted all the stores that were unionizing, uh, or at least trying to unionize, and there were a few of the Atlanta stores that I visited before. So power to you. I hope uh, they come to the table. They started this on Founders Day. And what's beautiful is I saw some videos on Twitter of people being informed once they were going to the Starbucks of what was going on and then by their own volition saying, oh, well, I'm not going to go here then. And I think that's very cool. I think as consumers, we have so much more power than they give us credit for. And the fact that 25 humans own more wealth than 4 billion people on our earth, it's concerning. We have to keep fighting. Uh, I will always be a middle-class artist, I fear. Uh, But... I am going to fight for that middle class because I'm a part of it as well. And I love that. And I, there's, there's nothing wrong with your fan base also being your comrades and supporting yourself as uh, sustainably as possible and trying to give something to people for what they want. Now, do you have any other divinations you'd like to give thoughts on? I mean, I mean tarot cards are great. They're, they roast me every time I use them, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, my die have been... Really, I ignored them for a while, and then I went back to them, and they've been very, very telling. I play crafts with God, Peter. We've discussed this, and it's sometimes it's too on the nose. To know what I'm going to roll before I roll it, Yeah, pretty incredible. Yeah. 
and I can kind of gauge where it's at. I've started understanding more of the temperatures of the numbers around things and where doubles place and sort of the opposite meanings of things, how they can sort of hypocritically both mean that I am done with my obligations and it can also mean that I am uh, about to lose my bets. It's a, it's a fun form for me to figure out the energies. I want to use one of them bones. Don't they use a bone, a tingle bone or something? Where you walk around, or is that how you find wells? Are you talking about a dowsing rod? Yeah, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's to find, find water, water. sources, yeah. sort of, and treasure. Uh, Joseph Smith was really into that shit. Well, how else would you find the golden, the golden tablets? The yeah, golden exactly. tablets, but you can't look at them. Have you heard that the air qual- quality in Utah is like the absolute worst in the country? Really? Yeah. Do you think it's because that's where place and time splits itself into the alternate realities? Yes. And that the air quality from the forbidden futures and the graced futures are all mixing in one place. Yes. We got to help Utah. We got to help the fucking Mormons. You got to denounce the Mormon Lord. And then I'll kiss you on the mouth. I love it. I think we're done here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Um, If anyone is waiting for me to get back to them on astrology readings, I'm taking a break. Yeah, listen, just chill. You'll be okay. Peter... We're taking care of Peter. Yeah. We're going to pat you on the head, give you a kiss on the forehead, yeah. warm glass of milk. I'm a, I'm a little overwhelmed by life at the moment. Good. I'm overwhelmed by life too, Peter. And you know what? You know what? We're going to be just fine. 